It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. What's shaking, Red Nation? It is Jeremy Brenner here with another episode of The Dream Take, presented by The Dream Shake, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. And today, I'm here with my co-pilot, Michael Brown, and we are starting our three-part series where we are breaking down all of the prospects that the Rockets are more likely to see closer to their 23rd and 24th overall pick. Michael Brown, welcome back to the show, and uh, tell the listeners. Hey, man. Always a pleasure to be on with you. It is a beautiful Sunday evening. Excited to talk all things Rockets basketball with you, the GOAT, Jeremy Brenner. You know what's crazy is you said Sunday evening, but it feels like a Sunday. Oh, God. It's Monday. Yeah, you're right. It does feel like, you know, when you have these holiday weekends pop up, you know, it, the the days get muzzled. The days get confused. But you've got it. Hey, you're going to go in tomorrow. You're going to think it's Monday. And then you're going to get off of work on a Thursday. Yeah. No, for sure. Thank Great. God. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm going to get off, you know, Tuesday. But, yes, it might feel like a Thursday. Uh, okay. No, Short week for you. That's good. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm excited to talk all things Rockets. Potential guard picks uh, here in the upcoming draft. I think this is a very interesting topic, by the way, because I don't know where you want to start this, but I feel like this conversation needs to be prefaced by, are we assuming that they're going to get rid of some of the guards that they have now? Or are we assuming that Eric Gordon and John Wall will be back next year for the sake of this show? That's a very good question. And and the thing is, we can go in so many different directions with it. That is part of this discussion, because I do think that that does play a role in which draft picks the team does end up getting. But at the same time, the Rockets are in full rebuild mode. And when you're in full rebuild mode, I don't think you can look at the current roster, because the chances of the people on the current roster being there when the team is you know, contending for a championship is very, very slim. So, and those guys include John Wall, Eric Gordon, 
who are probably two of the next people that are on their way out the door. So that is part of the of the conversation that we'll have tonight. But it it also does kind of make this a little bit interesting because I feel like the guards on the team currently are the biggest um, are the deepest in terms of guards versus wings versus bigs. The guards are the deepest in terms of how many people there are, how many people are signed already through next season. Keep in mind, DJ Augustine's also signed through next season. And I think that while it might be difficult to go out and get a guy, I think if the Rockets do take a point guard or a combo guard in the draft, it's because they really, really like whoever they draft. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's weird because I look at the guard position and what the Rockets need with the moves that I think they're going to make. Tell me if you agree with this sentiment. I think if they're going to go guard in the first round, which I think they will with at least one of their picks, they're going shooting guard. Because I think DJ Augustine will be back next year. Obviously, Kevin Porter Jr. will be here next year. So that gives you, you're pretty much set at the point guard position for next season, is the way I see it. So I think when you're looking at the the potential draft picks of this team, you're talking shooting guard and not necessarily point guard, unless there's a guy that completely blows them out of the water. There is one of those guys that I really like that I hope we get to talk about tonight. Yeah, and again, I think that this has, there's so many layers to this. And I just figure, you know, and there's so many different ways in which we can go about this conversation, but this is where we'll start, Mike. In terms of, we, we've been talking in the group chat today about a bunch of different guys that we could talk about today. Of the people we talked to, or maybe you have one of your own that's more of a guard, how, who are you most intrigued by? Trey Mann out of Florida. Let's talk Trey Mann out of Florida. I think it's a great place to start. We know that he's already gotten a workout with the team. A lot of mock drafts have him, you know, mocked to the Rockets at 23 or 24. So tell me what you like about training. Well, number one, I, I'm a big fan of guys that if they do go to college, that they play in a rather big conference. I get that there's guys that come out of, you know, lower, you know, what's the best term for it? Lower rated conferences. Um, but I like guys who play in the SEC or play in the Big Ten or play in the Big 12. Uh, Trey Mann comes out of the University of Florida. Uh, last year, you look at his stats, he averaged 16 points a game. He did average 2.8 turnovers per game, which is a problem. Uh, but he had one and a half steals. He averaged four assists. He averaged six rebounds. He shot 40.2% from the three-point line. Uh, and he was an 83% free throw shooter. Uh, so things that I absolutely love about the kid is can put the ball in the hole. He's a great three point shooter. Um, he's also big. He's six foot five, and I like bigger guards. DJ Augustine is not a bigger guard, but I think if the Rockets stay put at twenty three, it depends on where the rest of their board comes out. And I think it it also bears to note as a part of this conversation is that. If they go, if the Rockets go Jalen Green at number two, they are going to be a lot less likely to look at another guard in the first round. So if they draft Jalen Green, I don't think they're drafting Trey Mann. I think if they draft a guy like Evan Mobley at number two, you're gonna you you can look at a guy like a Trey Mann at number twenty three or twenty four. So if you draft Evan Mobley at two and you come out of this with Trey Mann at twenty three and a forward at twenty four. I would love that draft for the Rockets. Uh, but point guard-wise, it's Trey Mann. Another name I like is Sharif Cooper out of uh, Auburn. Uh, but Trey Mann, for all of those reasons, is a guy that I would give a very hard look at for the Rockets at that 23rd or 24th spot. Yeah, so, you know, we we have talked about this before. They need to be in at least a Power 6 conference. The, hey, the American has produced some really good players. They just need to plug the American because you and I are both coming from American schools, so we need to advocate for them as much as possible. But I had to do that. I had to plug it in there. But I, well, I will say this. <laughs> we, we have this thing. I guess I have more of a um, modern take or modern opinion on 
on sure. positioning versus you. Like you feel a little bit more firmly about this person is this position, this person is that position. And for me, I feel like everything is kind of fluid. But at the same time, I do think that the Rockets need to walk out of this draft with a big. And mm-hmm. if they don't take one in Evan Mobley, if they so if they go two and they go Mobley, I think that increases the chances of a guard coming out. Whereas if they take Jalen Green, I don't think – I think that they are going to have to take a, a big with one of these two picks, which decreases the chances of – a guard going to the Rockets at 23 or 24, but it doesn't diminish those. Now, another, you mentioned Sharif Cooper. I think Sharif Cooper has this ability to control. Like, I don't think, I think Sharif Cooper would be a good fit for the Rockets, but I don't think the Rockets would be a good fit for Sharif Cooper, if that makes any sense. Why do you say that? It made sense in my head, but it's sounding a little bit weird coming out. But basically I think Sharif Cooper can contribute a lot quicker if he's on a different team. But the Rockets, if he were to join the Rockets, I think that he would be a good player just a couple of years down the line. But the the fear of joining a team like, um, like the Rockets, so much talent is going to walk through the Rockets' doors within the next several years because they have a they have a surplus of selections in the draft. They have three draft picks this year, two that are right next to each other, which means there's less of a chance that you are going to work out for the Rockets. And you're going to have to compete against more people that are at your similar similar age. And, you know, the next year, more people are coming in and there's more of an opportunity for people to take your spot. And when it comes to guys like Sharif Cooper, Trey Mann, we know that the Rockets are interested in them. They've worked out with them. But... I will say, if Sharif Cooper does come to the Rockets, I am a little afraid that he probably won't get a whole lot of playing time this year just because there are there are so many point guards and so many guards that are going to play the one. And Kevin Porter, as we know it right now, is the ideal guy to be the number one for this team moving forward. So I would be concerned if a point guard came to us at 23 or 24. It isn't, I'm not saying that I'd be against taking a guard totally, but I do think that it is not the best landing spot for point guards coming into the Rockets, especially if they take Jalen Green at two. If yeah, they I don't, then you've still got to go through John Wall. You still, in, in John Wall, given his contract, probably not going anywhere for the next two years, you still got to go through DJ Augustine, which won't be as difficult, but I would think that the Rockets would play DJ Augustine over whoever comes in, at least in the beginning. Now, things could totally change in in 3.5, but you have to work your way up the depth chart. And when you are doing that in your rookie season, like, it's normal for rookies to be doing that, but you're only as good as, you know, today's, today's lunch, you know? And if they don't get that much playing time in year one, and in year two, they might go ahead and take a, a great guard at, at number two. And then you're screwed. That's why so many of these players that go into the lottery or go into the first round, they get screwed because they are stuck in a surplus of people. It's what happened to Christian Wood in Philadelphia, in Philadelphia, in Milwaukee. That's why Christian Wood didn't fit in any of those places. He always showed up to the teams that were rebuilding or struggling, and he was unable to crack that depth chart, even though he was very, very capable as we as we've seen this season. So I think that getting a guard right now, it would make sense, but they would have to work so much harder, I feel like, if they were on the Rockets than if they were on a different team in the league. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. The one thing you look at with Cooper, I hate Cooper's size. Like, he's one. He's, you know, a buck 85 soaking wet. Uh, I don't, I'm not a Cooper guy. Like, if I had to choose between the two, I would definitely lean Trey Mann. Because uh, I like bigger guards. Uh, I'm not a fan of the smaller guard. I think in today's NBA, you need to be a bigger guard to succeed. Uh, but I'm with you, man. I, and that's why, first of all, you, you hit a very important – I want you to go back to what you just said about um, next year they may draft a certain guy. Did I hear that right? Like you're saying next year they well, could get a guard. like if the Rockets – let's just say the Rockets get um, – 
let's just say the Rockets get the number three pick just because they are bad okay. again and they end up with the number one three pick. And I haven't done a whole lot of, you know, I haven't done a whole lot of research on the 2022 class, done far more research on the 2021 class. But they're like, if you get a, if you get like a, a Jaden Hardy or if you get like a Kennedy Chandler from Tennessee, like, and because they're just naturally the best player available where you are at the top of the draft or in the lottery, right? Then that that screws up that screws over whoever was taken, you know, this year. So, and and the thing is, the Rockets, you know, that but that's the NBA. You know, you have to earn your spot, especially when you're playing for a team like the Rockets that employs so many young up and coming players, and yeah. you have to be able to. You have to be able to compete and you have to be able to adapt. And that's what the Rockets are going to be all about these next several years is they're going to be about competition. No one's spot on the team is safe. No one's spot in the rotation should be safe. And you have to earn your minutes. The thing is about that that scares me is the Rockets are feeling the effect of leaving their destiny in the hands of the ping pong balls. You know, like you look at the next year's draft. You look at Jaden Hardy. Would love to have Jaden Hardy. You look at Chet Holmgren, who's going to uh, Gonzaga. You look at Paolo uh, Banchero, who's going to Duke. Like, the Rockets can benefit from any one of those three guys. When you look at this year, they need to draft. Uh, I'm with you, right? I like drafting four positions, but you also just need to draft the best player available on your board. Because they need, they need talent, right? Like, the wings on this team, they need at least one more forward on this team. Um, but they can also always get one through free agency. They could, but I think you're underestimating how difficult it's going to be to sell a veteran free agent on this roster next year. It's not going to be easy. Well, not honestly, to- if someone offers the money, you know, you could say... Hey, and and we've seen this from several players that go to lesser teams because they want more money than than what contending teams can offer them, and then they you know hope to latch on to a contender through the trade market or the buyout market. And I'm not saying, and I don't think I don't know how many veterans the Rockets are really going to seek out this year. It really depends on how they feel about the current young players in their roster and. And if they feel that they're NBA ready, you know, it is very difficult considering the Rockets have three first round picks. It's very rare for a team to have, you know, two, let alone three first. So that could change things totally. And we also don't know if the Rockets are going to keep three first round picks. They could trade down and they could trade into the second round or they could trade into the into the higher first round. And a player that they could go out and get if they were really excited about getting a point guard that they would have to trade up for is Josh Giddy, which I know you're a big fan of. So why are you a big fan of Josh Giddy, and what would you do? Like, would you trade up for Josh Giddy if Evan Mobley came up? Or do you feel strongly enough about guys like Trey Mann, guys like uh, Sharif Cooper, Miles McBride, Jared Butler, that you think Josh Giddy, do you think Josh Giddy is that much better than those guys? that it would be worth trading up a couple of picks, 10, 15 picks. I, I don't know if it's 15 picks, but let's just say uh, 10 picks into the late lottery and go and get Josh Giddy. So do you think that the Rockets should entertain that idea? I think Josh Giddy is a guy that, number one, he's 18 years old. So this is a kid that is, I mean, raw. I mean, his his talent is undeniable. When you look at the type of, stats that he has Josh Giddy is a guy that me personally no I'm not trading up to number 13 for Josh Giddy. I I don't trust first of all he he's played overseas he hasn't played against talent that is stateside which I think is always a little leery I think it's it's a red flag hey right? Jay Sean Tate came from the NBL and he was an all-NBA rookie first team yeah, no, he absolutely what you no doubt, they, but it doesn't happen every day. There's many more cases of guys that don't work out than do that come from overseas. I think his playmaking abilities, I think, is special. I, I think he's been, you know, watching highlight videos of his. 
I mean, the, the kid has a really, really high ceiling. I would not give up. Like, I would not trade draft capital in this year's draft to go get Josh Giddy. I think if he falls, I don't think he's falling to number 23. If he falls to number 20, I would take a really, really hard look. But if you ask me to grade in order of guys that I would want on this team most, let's say you had to rate uh, Josh Giddy, Jared Butler, and uh, give me another guy. Um, let me see here. What's his name? Uh, let's stick with the guard, Sharif Cooper. Yeah, not just Trey Man. Trey Man. Okay. Between Trey Man, Josh Giddy, and Jared Butler to add to this roster, I would put Josh Giddy third on that list. It would be Butler, and then it would be Man, and then it would be Giddy. I, I like Giddy. Yeah. But I'm not as high on Giddy as other guys. Like I think I'm pretty high on him. Yeah, but I mean, I, I also I is there. I think he's I also, definitely there. Yeah. Here's my thing about Josh Giddy. I think he's the best um, facilitator in the draft. Like hands Ooh. down. I think Ooh. like I I think he has that potential. Like I don't think that's much of a hot take. Like maybe it sounds hot, but I don't think it's as hot as people think. But okay. I'll say it's it. Look, it's. It's a it's a mix between a mild and a hot taco bell sauce, like that. That's about the mix of what I think that take is. But the thing about Josh Giddy and what I'll say before is you have to trade up to get him. And for me, I've said this: I'd rather walk away with two twenty three twenty four than a two and thirteen, or a two oh, and, a, and or a two and a ten because. Having three firsts or having, like, I think they need to walk away with at least three guys coming out of this draft or, or even four. I'll take three or four guys. I don't think walking away with two guys in this draft is particularly a very smart idea. I think you need to get as many people as possible because every draft pick is like a lottery ticket, right? And that lottery ticket could lead you to the next superstar for your franchise. And the Rockets need to bank on you know, as many players as possible. And the thing is, yes, they're more likely to be the the guy to lead you to a championship if they're higher in the draft. But the difference between 2 and 13 is a huge difference. The difference between 13 and 23 isn't that much of a difference in a draft like this that is so deep. So for me, I think Josh Giddey's going to make an NBA team really, really happy. I don't think that team is the Houston Rockets. I, I will say one real quick on Giddy. Here's two reasons why I don't want him as a Rocket. Number one, he's a terrible three-point shooter. And number two, there are a lot of questions about his defensive ceiling in the NBA. That is not a good combination for today's NBA. Like There are three guys that I see him compare it to, and you tell me if this is off. Joe Ingles, Evan Turner, and Kyle Anderson. If you tell me that the Rockets, no, I, I think it's a little off. Well, I, I've seen I've seen it in a couple different spots. I'm just saying if, and I've, I'm looking, I'm watching videos of him right now as we speak. He he, I think he's more of Joe Ingles than the other two guys. Evan I Turner, think Joe Ingles is an easy comparison because they're both Australian. Yeah, they're you know they're they're both white and they're you know Australian. So I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Um, but. That but he's more of a facilitator than than Joe Ingles is. Joe Ingles is a pretty decent facilitator, though, for the Jazz. The thing is, like, that doesn't get my juice flowing if I'm a Rockets fan. Like, don't bring me in this draft a Joe Ingles. Like, that does nothing for me. Like, Joe Ingles is a nice player, but he's not great by any stretch of the imagination. So I guess to put it bluntly, pass on Giddy to give me a guy that has a higher ceiling than a guy who's comparable is Joe Ingles. Yeah, I, I, I personally, I think Josh Giddy is very unique because we haven't really seen too many, like, six... I mean, six, eight point guards are, are just... I think those are, like, the guys that are going to be like, wow. Like, they, they really make your eyes pop, and you're like, okay, let's take a look at this guy. And add the fact that he has played overseas, that... that sets him apart from the others. He's very different than most of the prospects in this draft, which is why he stands out. But 
in reality, it's just not it's just not reasonable for the Rockets. He's not going to fall to twenty three, and the Rockets don't need to move up to get him because there is plenty of talent at twenty three and twenty four to where you can get eighty cents on the dollar, or even a guy that's better than Josh. I think there are guys that could go after Josh Giddy that could be better than him. I don't think it's a guarantee that Josh Giddy is the best point guard in this class. I think facilitating he has it. He is a higher uh, rated facilitator, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a better player. Would you rather have Josh Giddey or Jared Butler? Here's my thing about Jared Butler. It's always a very risky to sit. Like, did you see what happened? Like at what happened with him at the combine? He wasn't allowed to pl- uh, participate in the combine because he had like some, he wasn't medically cleared. And yeah, having, Having a guy that's a medical question mark scares me. I I can't do it with that because we've had so many guys in the past that have been medical question mark. Not not just Rockets guys, but NBA guys altogether. And I think the worst feeling is drafting a guy. You're you're super high on him because he is you know he has all the talent in the world. And Jared Butler is very talented. Like I think had this not come about at the combine, he would have been a first round pick. But I don't think the Rockets should take a risk on a guy like that. I think if he was a second round pick, maybe if a team, if he falls into the second round because of this and a team decides to swoop him up at the top of the second, the Rockets are that team. Sure. Like I would be okay with that, but I don't know if I would risk a first round pick on a guy with that big of a question mark that rarely ever happens where the panel of NBA experts decline someone from participating in the draft. So for me, I do not have jo- Jared Butler on my draft board. But he is. He's very good. I, Don't get me wrong. But the he, Rockets are going to pass on a lot of really good players in this draft. And I think Jared Butler should be one of them. If they but think- he is one of those guys with a third pick. If they keep the third pick, which I think they will, he's the type of guy you take a chance on. Because if, if it busts, it's like, okay, yeah, that sucks. Like, obviously, we would rather it not bust, obviously. But if you can get your two guys that you feel really comfortable with, like, if they came out of this with, let's say they get uh, Jalen Green at two, they get Kai Jones at 23, Jared Butler is the perfect guy at 24 to take in my eyes. Because you can afford to say, okay, we're hopeful this works out. And if it does, you hit a home run. Because I think Jared Butler is the perfect example of a guy, the type of guy you want in today's game. Like, I look at Jared Butler and I see Dylan Brooks from the Memphis Grizzlies written yeah. all over him. No, like that, he's I Dylan think Jared Brooks. Butler is really talented. My thing with him is he started at Alabama. He was unable to play. He was ineligible to play at Alabama because of his heart condition that he was diagnosed with three years ago. It's a, you know, AK is in the comments right now. AK, our boy at, at TDS. He is, you know, he's saying about how there are guys like Joel Embiid, Michael Porter, all of those guys that have had injury issues, but you take them anyway. And that, I told that's a different story though, because this is a heart condition and heart conditions can end careers. Any injury can end a career, but I'm more concerned about internal injuries than external injuries. And with Jared Butler, it's just why take a guy that you don't know is going to play when you can take someone that you're a lot more confident in? The thing is, I don't think Jared Butler is that much better than the other prospects that are going to be available at 23 or 24. So I personally think that the Rockets are better suited to go elsewhere apart from Jared Butler. Yeah, I it, it's but he, he's an, he's a really intriguing name for me. He is. he is. He is absolutely and, and I think the thing that I like about him the most is that he is very defensive oriented, which yep. the Rockets could use more uh defensive oriented players because there's very few of them that are on the roster. Jay Sean Tate, uh KJ Martin sometimes, and that's really about it. So <laughs> It's it's very that that's something that I think they're gonna really struggle with in the early Silas years of this you know era this KPJ era because I feel like the the Silas era hasn't even really begun like I've honestly taken last year and I've strict 
struck most of it out of my mind because most of it is totally things that we wouldn't have seen if the season wasn't as unorthodox as it was. So I feel like the new era starts today and or or you know when the season starts or when the draft begins or anything like that. So they need guys that are a bit more defensive minded on this roster. So I guess we can we can kind of pivot now. Um, is there anyone else that you're looking to discuss? I'm looking in the comments now. We're talking a lot about Jared Butler in the comments. Thank you to everyone, by the way, for, for popping in to the show and listening to us live. We really greatly appreciate uh, your support, and that's a big reason why we do a lot of this. So thank you guys for that. And, yeah, so I, there's a guy that I like, and I wish Ray was here to talk about him because Ray wrote a really good article about him a couple weeks ago on the Dream Shake. Go check that out. And that's Josh Christopher. Josh Christopher might be my favorite prospect that we could end up getting in this range. He's a, he's probably up there in terms with Josh Giddy in terms of like top facilitators that could come out in this draft. And like, he's a guy that does it all. He, he's a, he rebounds. He, he can facilitate. He's a decent, you know, three point shooter. It's something that, you know, he's been working on. He had a real good showing in the combine. And it really helped his draft stock. So I think I think Josh Christopher would make this team really, really good. I, I want to know what you feel about him, Mike. So this is why this draft is so key for the Rockets' foundation, right? And the number two pick will dictate a lot of what's going to happen, not only later in this draft, but next in free agency this year and then – the draft next year. You know what I mean? Because if they draft Jalen Green, Christopher will not be a rocket. Like, they're not going to take... It would make his life a little bit more difficult if right. he was also competing with Jalen Green in that backcourt, yes. Correct. So I think as a prospect, Josh Christopher is a stud. Uh, I think he needs to work on his three-point shot. I think is... Um, uh, he needs to improve. He, he can shoot it but he needs to hit more of it, you know? Like, he has no problem taking the three. His problem is making it. He only shot 30.5% from the three-point line uh, while at Arizona State. I think he's I think he's a better version of a guy like Armani Brooks. I see a lot of... I don't know about that, because Armani Brooks is more of a shooter, and there are more people that I think that have Armani Brooks comparisons that we'll get to in a little bit, but I think with Josh Christopher... The role that I see for him on this team is the backup. Like when KPJ is off the court, you put Josh Christopher on the court and you just let him go to work. I think he can run the second unit and I don't know if he can run the second unit from day one. I think that will take some time. You know, maybe if DJ Augustine is injured, maybe he gets a little bit more run, but he has a lot of potential. I love his athleticism and that's what stands out to me from him the most, but I do think that if he were to join with Jalen Green, and at this point, I am of the thing. I, I'm believing more and more every day that Jalen Green is going to be the pick. It's just more speculation, and you know we've seen a lot more Jalen Green content um, from just everybody, and I think he is slowly turning into the Rockets' favorite. Um, but if if Josh Christopher comes aboard as well. You had so much athleticism in that in that backcourt when with KPJ. Did you see what KPJ did at the Pro Am League in in uh, in Chicago the other day? Yeah, he did his thing. Did you see that? That's wild. Well, like you have him, you have KPJ, you have KPJ, Jalen, and Josh Christopher. You might have the most athletic team in the NBA. But are you but are you ready to have the conversation that if they draft Jalen Green? And you already have KPJ, that those guys are going to take away from the specialness that each of those guys. Oh have. yeah, no, absolutely. I'm not. I'm Got not it. saying that this is the best case scenario. This is where they should be going. I'm just Got kind it. of. I'm just okay. kind of thinking about. I'm just it's thinking special. out loud about anything that this could possibly turn into. You know, he's just a really exciting player, and I think you know when when you do analyze draft prospects, you you get enamored by all this talent, the the potential of these guys. And I think Josh Christopher's potential in the league is 
is honestly, I think, I don't know if he's like a real true number one option for a team. In fact, I, I highly doubt that is his actual ceiling, but I do think that he can be like a spark plug point guard off the bench, you know, could go for 20 on, you know, any given night. Like, I feel like he's more of um, like kind of the comparison I would go for maybe like a Devante Graham, maybe. You're talking about for Christopher? Yeah. And Devontae Graham, like, when he came in the league, he was playing third string, all of that. He was behind Tony Parker. Remember when Tony Parker was playing for the Charlotte Hornets? Like, yeah. So Devontae Graham became a third string, was a third stringer coming in, and he turned himself into, you know, a starter, basically. I don't think he starts anymore for Charlotte now they went with LaMelo Ball, but that also kind of explains it. You know, Devontae Graham probably wouldn't start on most teams in the league, and I don't think Joff Christopher would either. But at the same time, I think he has a lot of value in the league. But I do I agree think, with you, Mike, that if yeah. Jalen Green comes aboard, it's going to be very difficult for Josh Christopher to get minutes. My NBA comp that I have just looking at film for Josh Christopher is Norman Powell. Um, How do you get that? Well, because you look at it, <laughs> it's very – because I, I look back at this past year – you know who made himself a lot of money in free agency this summer was Norman Powell. And it took Norman Powell a while to get the hang of what his fit was in the NBA. A lot like Devontae Graham. But I think I think Christopher's ceiling is high. Like, I'm a big – I like Christopher a lot. Um, and I'm going to tell you this, man. Like, this is the reason why I, I, I agree with you that I think Green is the pick. It's the wrong pick if the Rockets make it. It, it just is. I don't think there's a wrong answer at number two. We, we need to stop thinking that there is a wrong answer for the number two pick. We need to go there. The, I don't even think there's a better answer at number two. You know, yes, there's the, the thing is there's reasons to take Jalen Green. There's reasons to take Evan Mobley. I know you want Mobley, and I wouldn't mind Mobley either. I, I'd be very happy. The Rock, look, I, I have my fear is that with all of this uh, Green Gang, you know, stuff going on, and how Jalen Green has become, you know, the the fans' choice for being the number two pick, if the Rockets take a Mobley, they're going to think, oh my god, they made a terrible pick. When in reality, that's not the case at all. You know, yes, I, you can understand, you can have a player, you can, you can prefer uh, Jalen Green, you can prefer Evan Mobley, but if they go with one of those two guys, the Rockets win. Like, it's that simple. And it's just the direction in which the team decides to go. Uh, Shane has hit his request button, our first request of the evening. So I'm going to bring Shane up here real quick. Uh, Shane, welcome to the Dream Take, my friend. How are you? What's up, Shane? Shane, you're on mute. Can you, uh, you can hit the unmute button and you can talk with us right now. Oh, sorry. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Um, no, it's... it's it's really, yeah, it's really cool to be on with you guys, man. I, I listen to you guys' podcasts all the time, so I appreciate what you guys do. Oh, we appreciate that, my man. For sure. Any any particular prospect that uh, you'd like to talk about tonight? I think I want to talk about Jalen Green because I've been just watching different highlights of him and then um, just seeing his confidence, like, in what he reckons he will become is... Like, I know, like, um, actions speak louder than words, but, like, I just don't see necessarily Evan Mobley, like, having such high expectations on himself that Jaden Green does, just from a mental aspect. But then, like, also, I've just been, like, just thinking about it, and I'm just, like, Evan Mobley, like, they're saying, like, Chris Bosch is, like, kind of, like, his comparison, right? Mm-hmm. But then I feel like... Let's say he becomes Chris Bosch. What if Jalen Green becomes like Kobe or something? You know what I mean? It's like you, who would have you preferred to get? Like that's the like I just feel like the ceiling is higher for Jalen Green. So it feels hard to be like, okay, let's pass up on Jalen Green and the ceiling is higher. Yeah. Now, Shane, let me ask you this: What makes you <laughs> think that? What? What? How did you come to that conclusion? I did, I'm curious. Like, there's no wrong answer to this question, but. I'm curious hmm. as to how I'm trying to I'm trying to prove something and it's a longer point, but I'm I'm asking you specifically why do you think that Jalen Green is a better prospect? 
when I look at like today's like modern NBA, like I feel like the, it's more God oriented of the league. And then I looked at just looking at like Jane and Green's highlights, I saw a mix of like that kind of like Russell Westbrook aggression to the rim, like the way he goes to the rim and like the way he likes to play in, in the fast break. But then I also saw like he can create his own shot because if you look at um the G League, um his stats were like something like fifteen points a game or 17 points a game, I think, um, in the regular season part. And then in the playoffs, he stepped it up to 30 points a game and his efficiency didn't really go down. So it's like that tells me like he likes to be in the big moment and he likes to like step up, like, you know what I mean? So it's like where like with Evan Mobley, like I feel like to me he reminds me a lot of ba- like Bam. Like, and I feel like there's a limit to where Bam can go compared to like a offensive guard like Devin Booker or something in the league. Yeah. Now, here's kind of my thinking on all of this. And this is kind of where I come from because I am more about – I'm more of a narrative-based writer. Most of what I write on the Dream Shake and most of what I talk about on the Dream Take is more narrative-based storylines. Uh, it's not really a whole lot of X's and O's. However, we are looking into possibly getting a X's and O's type podcast, which is, I guess, this is the first time I'm really telling most people. So exclusive right here on, on, uh, on the Dream Take. But I'll say this. I think the narrative around Jalen Green, why he has shot up the, like, because Evan Mobley was the number two guy for a very long time. It was Cade, then Mobley, <laughs> and no one even touched him. But I think with Jalen Green, is he's gotten a lot more press coverage. And I think that has also been, you know, that's been helpful because uh, through his through his team, through his agents, however they're talking. And he's just simply getting a lot more attention on Rockets Twitter because I think people are also more gravitated by that. I'm glad you said what you said about Jalen Green, Green and you like him because of the highlights that you're seeing. And I personally believe that, yes, Jalen Green has the higher floor, and it's he's the safer pick. But and he is the sexier pick, and that's the thing is the Rockets. Do you need to go with the sexier pick at number two, or do you need to go with the right pick at number two? There's no correct answer for who is the right pick at this point. You can make a case for Evan Mobley. The Mobley mob will be gladly to do that. Mike will probably share his opinions on Evan Mobley after I talk. But for hmm. Jalen Green, I think that he is. Simply the the sexier option of the two. The, when you mention Chris Bosh and Kobe, like obviously you're gonna go Kobe. Kobe's better all time. He's you know he's that like people have him in his top five all, all time, top three all time, top one all time. And you're you're already putting Jalen Green on that. Of course you're gonna go with Jalen Green over Chris Bosh. No no <laughs> you know, shade to Chris Bosh, but you ain't Kobe, bro. So that is the thing. I think that people are looking at Jalen Green. They're seeing him as the sexier pick. The Rockets have been guard have built their team through their guards throughout the last ten yeah. years. But if we look at the history of the franchise, they've mostly built their team through their through their bigs. But at the same time, you look at the league today, and there's a mix. There's a mix of teams that choose to build through their big or choose to build through their guards. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. You know, the the two teams in the finals right now, uh, you have the Suns who built through the guards, through Devin Booker. Chris Paul is a big part of their team. But they also picked DeAndre Ayton, number one overall. You look at the Bucks, who, you know, had Giannis as the two-time reigning MVP, a big, or I would call him a big or a wing. But they also traded for Drew Holiday, and I think that's a big reason why they are in where they are. So you need both. You need good guards. You need good, good bigs. And the Rockets will get yeah. them in whatever order. It just, it starts here. You know, do you start with, do you start your rebuild with a big that is better than most big prospects that we've seen in a very long time? Or do you take a guy like Jalen Green that is maybe a bit of a safer pick, a bit of a sexier pick, and a guy that yeah. can maybe, uh, that can maybe be in the next Kobe? I'm not saying that he's going to be, I usually hate to, uh, use those, like, I never like to compare Michael Jordan, LeBron, or Kobe. I feel like that will never be replicated again. So, yeah. <laughs> but I but I, I get what you're saying. So, yeah, it, yeah. Look, the Rockets, what I'm trying to say is, 
my biggest fear, I think I just said it uh, a couple minutes ago, but my biggest fear is that the Rockets will take Evan Mobley and everyone's going to trash the pick because Evan Mobley is not who they wanted. It's not the sexier pick. But in reality, these are two guys that will change the franchise from day one and will be the best player on the team walking in that door. So they're getting a good pick regardless. I agree with that. What? Yeah. I mean, Mike, go ahead. Yeah, the yeah. one thing I want to point out is I am t- I am part of the Mobley mob for the simple fact that the Rockets' big situation right now is a disaster because you have Christian Wood and that's it. Like if you can bring back Kelly Olynyk, it solidifies the position a little bit in my eyes. But we've spent a vast majority of this show talking about the guards that are going to be available in the back half of the first round where the Rockets are picking. We'll get to the bigs on another episode, but I'll give you a a quick insight. There's not a ton of them. There's not a ton of bigs that are, will be as impactful in this league as a guy like Evan Mobley, if they stay at 23 and 24. So that's why I'm so heavily in on Mobley because one, I love him as a prospect, but I also hate the other options that are on the table for the Rockets at this point in the draft as it pertains to the big position. Whether you're talking about the power forward or whether you're talking about the center position, both of those allotment of guys that are going to be available for the Rockets at 23 and 24 is not going to be as good as what they have at number two with Evan Mobley. So that's why I'm so big on Mobley in this draft because I honestly don't see a way either in the draft or in free agency for the Houston Rockets to solidify their front court with a guy that has the capability of playing the big position like in Evan Mobley. I think, I think you're right on the fit. I think like actually the fit makes more sense with Evan Mobley when you look at our team because we're very guard heavy. But then like, like the one thing they say when you draft is never to, pick fit over talent, right? So, like, the one thing that I just think that, like, is that, like, you know, I actually see, I see it a little bit different from Jeremy in a sense of, like, I see the floor is actually higher for Evan Mobley, like, where it's, like, for sure, like, just look at him. He has a unique skill set, and he probably will turn out to be a great defensive player in the league, and he, he will be a good rim roller, and whether he's consistent from three on the pick and pop remains to be seen. But um the thing with Jalen Green is like the ceiling is like a lot higher to me. Like I think I think like ever Mobley, like there's a certain limit to where he can get to me. Like it's probably like a Chris um Chris Bosch level to me because I don't see his um frame becoming much bigger to the point where well, he'll be always able to hold his own at center. You know what I mean? I totally agree. But you also look at, and the Rockets aren't at this point yet, but Miami doesn't win without Bosch. The Heat don't get to an NBA Finals without Bam. The Suns are not where they're at without DeAndre Ayton. You have to identify and get one of these rim protectors at some point. You know what I, I mean? mean? Like You look at a guy like Jalen Green. Is Jalen Green the sexier pick? Yes. Do I think that Jalen Green will be the overall better player in the NBA than Evan Mobley? Yes. Do I think okay. that... And that's why you should take Jalen Green. But, but I I do, you do bring up a good point, Mike, and you have, to, you have to be able to create a well-balanced team. You know, like I said, with the Suns, you can build around Devin Booker and Chris Paul, but that team's not going to the finals without DeAndre Ayton. Yep. And you can say the same thing about the Bucks. You can have Giannis, you can have Chris Middleton. They didn't go to the finals without Drew Holiday. You need everything, and there's no right or wrong way to go about it. So it's it's interesting. And and the thing is, where the Rockets are right now, they're so very they're not very far on their rebuild journey. So they have the freedom to be able to take different guys whenever they want, and they they should simply take the best player that will work for their team. And and I, personally, in my opinion, I'm getting to the point now where I 
take talent over anything at this point. And I think, but the thing is, the question of who's more talented between Jalen Green and Evan Mobley is it, some days it's Jalen Green and some days it's Evan Mobley because they play such different positions. They're so hard to compare because they're two totally different basketball players. I don't think you could pick two players that are that more of a polar opposite than these two guys that we have that could go number two. And I don't want to look at who's later in the draft or who's in next year's draft to to dictate or to give me a reason for this pick this year because you don't know what's going to happen this year. You might pick a guy this year. The Rockets might go 82-0 and for all we care. It's probably not going to happen. But <laughs> the best player that you can possibly get. And then once you have the pieces there, then you can reevaluate after next season, see where you are with Jalen Green, see where you are or with Evan Mobley, see where you are with Kevin Porter, see where you are with Armani Brooks and John Wall and everybody, and then you, you go from there. And then you take the players that best fit your team for that reason. But because the Rockets are so far away from contending and they don't have a lot of players that will be there when the team is good again, they have so much freedom. And that's why there's no real you know, like limitations on what this team can do. And it's what makes this team so damn exciting right now because there's so many different directions. The options are endless. The possibilities are endless. This team has so much, you know, and it's really exciting to try to figure out and guess which which way things are going. And I guess this is how, um, like, I guess this is how bad teams feel. But there's a lot of excitement, a lot of potential. And I don't want that to be taken away because the fan base prefers one player over another. Because in reality, you know, the same things could be said about, you know, Anthony Edwards last year. And it turns out Anthony Edwards was probably the best, you know, yeah, you can make the argument for LaMelo Ball, but I think you can, I think there's a very fair argument that LaMelo, that Anthony Edwards was the best player or has the higher ceiling out of anyone in last year's draft. So, look, whether they take Mobley, whether they take Green, we've been talking about this a lot. I want to kind of move on from this, but, you know, whether they take A or B, they they, they get a good guy at the end of the day. I think that's something can we I, all agree with. Can I just ask one thing, though? Like, yeah. do you guys see Christian Wood as that second um, superstar to a contending team, not necessarily in the next two years, but in like three or four years. Because to me, I do see that. And that's why taking Evan Mobley scares me because if we don't make the plane or like, or look like we're a competitive team in the next two years, we're probably losing Christian Wood. And that's probably going to happen if we take Evan Mobley because he's going to take time for his frame to get built up and for him to be effective in this league. And why do, you play think, why do you think that, though, Shane? Why do you think that Wood's going to go automatically? Because I think of where, like, he came to Houston to, like, join a winning culture, right? And then, obviously, that got changed when James Harden left and we had a bunch of injuries. So then, like, we basically just stay, like, a really poor team, like, top bottom three for two years. And we have Evan Mobley taking his time to, like, build out his frame and everything. Like, I think he'll want to join a winning situation where he thinks he can win. Where, like, I don't think he's going to feel that way of, like, Evan Mobley still getting built up. But then, like, Jalen Green, to me, is more NBA-ready, so he's more likely to give it a shot again with Houston. Of, I think like, we it's more competitive. I think that in terms of Christian Wood, I feel like he's gotten such an unfair shake from from fans because he... Hasn't really done anything wrong. In fact, when we got, remember when we were talking about him at the beginning of the season and we were like, Christian Wood could be an all-star this year. And when, if he hadn't gotten injured, he could have been like right at the cusp of that all-star team. Maybe he probably would have been a snub, but he was playing at that level. And I feel like it's, and Christian Wood has not said anything or led us to believe that he is going to move on after his contract. In reality, there are probably more reasons that I could come up with that would point towards Christian Wood staying than leaving. But at the same time, also, there's still two years left. Let's kind of pump the brake. Like, I don't even know what I'm going to be doing, you know, tomorrow, let alone three years from now. Like, I think. But doesn't Christian Wood's contract play a part in who you sign? It's a one-day thing. And I, I feel like it's, 
so much is going to change between now and this time next year. And then again, from this time from now to two years from now, there's so much to go on that it's, it's way too early to determine whether Christian Wood is going to be a rocket in three years based on who they take number two in this draft. If they take Evan Mobley, then it's going to upset Christian Wood. Like Christian Wood has not given us reason to believe that. That's an assumption that fans have come up with, and it's a theory that they've come up with. And because Rockets fans are so passionate, and that's all we talk about is is what's going to happen next, because that's just that's NBA culture at this point. We we are always so concerned about what's going to happen five years from now. Like, people are already saying Zion's going to leave the Pelicans when he can't leave there on his own accord in five years. Like, what's going to happen? They okay, but, like, can I push back on that for a second? Go ahead. But, like, Christian Woods' last last year of his contract is next year, so then, like... Two years. You two risk... Years if, you, if, you, if you think, like, okay, like, that's a long time away, that's a long time away... If, but, if we okay, have a poor season this year, we could basically lose out on trading him because we think, oh, he will re-sign with us and then we lose him for nothing when his contract is worth a lot. Like, we could get, like, three first draft picks for, for him or something if we trade him next year. But here's the pro- here's two problems with that, right? Number one, if you trade him, it is going to be insanely difficult to look free agents in the eyes and say, come to the organization and we're going to make you a vital part of our future that's the first thing number two evan mobley and christian wood are very different ball players they play in my eyes again jeremy and i differ on this but they're they're one is a power forward and one is a center like evan mobley is a true rim protector christian wood blocks shots he's not a rim protector so i think those two guys don't have anything to do with each other and i don't think you predicate any sort of draft picks on christian wood He's a player on the team, and that's where it stops. So I don't think he has anything to do with the where the Rockets should draft, in my eyes. Okay. That's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just thinking that, like, it's going to – it's a longer-term project with Evan Mobley, which doesn't necessarily mean he, he's not going to become a better player than Jalen Green, but he just might have to be – more patient with him. But then at the same time, Jalen Green is also pretty skinny from what I know as well. So I guess both of them might take a while. All right, Shane, I've got another speaker request here, but I want to thank you so much for uh, talking. You you threw some life into the show a little bit there. So uh, thank you so much. <laughs> exactly. and, uh, feel free to come back anytime. Yeah, appreciate it. Oh, he is Australian. That's I, I wanted to ask him that. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut him off, but uh, Shane, just type in the type in the chat where in Australia you're from. I hope you're doing safe. I know that the lockdowns there have kind of gone in and out. Um, but thank you so much, Shane. Uh, Shane, I, I apologize for cutting you off. But Jeremy, yeah, I'm pretty sure you and I, Jeremy, real quick, I'm pretty sure you and I are massive in Australia. I feel like we have an incredible Australian following. Yeah, we probably do, honestly. Um, okay. I, I would love to go to Australia. We've talked about going to Australia before. Yeah, we should do a live show from Australia. Live show in Australia. All right, cool. I've got Jason up here on my speaker request. Uh, but, yeah, Jason, welcome to the show. Uh, we've well, got a couple minutes left here, but I uh, want to give you your time. So, uh, it's what funny. So I just, I just joined the show, and I didn't know that. I thought Shane was one of the hosts. So I was getting on. I was like, I disagree with everything he's saying. Let me so I can talk and say something. <laughs> No, we appreciate you joining the show, Jason. Yeah, um, all I'll just say is I I want to push back against the idea that Evan Mobley, that Jalen Green is a more NBA ready prospect. Um, Evan Mobley is probably is arguably the most NBA ready player in the whole draft, arguably because Cade is pretty damn good too. But I just wanted to say that. Um, yeah, you got? I see the title is guard, so I don't know. What, I I just yeah, joined, so, so what we to I guess to kind of preface, so we wanted to talk. We we had a discussion on Evan Mobley and Jalen Green uh, a couple of episodes ago. I think it was last Tuesday. So go check that out if you haven't listened to it already. But we wanted to talk more about guys at 23 and 24. And, and Shane turned the conversation in that direction. No, nothing against, uh, you know, not, we're not mad at, at that. You know, at Shane brought <laughs> some really good conversation. So we can talk about whatever 
you'd like, but that's kind of the the focus for this show. Next show, we'll focus more on the wings that they could get at 23 and 24. Then we'll do the bigs, and then we hope to end it uh, with a full mock draft, uh, one-round mock draft with other people here on Green Room and SB Nation. So uh, that's kind of our schedule for our show, but I don't want to necessarily turn people away because we're not talking about... No, it's fine. No, I was going to say, um, I'm a big draft guy, so I can talk about any of the players. Um, I think Trey Mann is a great guy if he falls to you guys. Um, I'm a huge Sharif Cooper fan. Um, yeah, that's kind of what we're feeling. And also, um, I think he's, I don't know if he's in that range, but I think he's worth being in that range. Bones Highland. I want exactly who I wanted to talk about next was Bones Highland. Um, yeah. he appears to be flying up these draft boards, was not guaranteed to be a first round pick until the combine and he dropped like, 15 points in his first Yeah, which I think is kind of crazy because I don't think wild. the combine should be that important. I think he was always that good, and the scouts just weren't paying attention, I guess. Yeah. Now, he shot 40% at VCU. Uh, Mike, yeah. remember when I said I had an Armani Brooks comparison? Yes. This is this is your guy, Bones Highland. Yeah, yeah he's now, very that, similar to Emmanuel Quickly on the Knicks. Yeah, I mean, that would be, that'd be awesome. Um, but my thing with – not Emmanuel Quickly. My thing with Bones Highland is – he is very like he can play. I guess he's more Whoa. Armani Brooks, but he can play with a little bit more, and he can facilitate maybe a little bit more than Armani Brooks can. Armani Brooks was strictly, you know, I don't know how much Rockets you watched during the season, Jason. Uh, not much. Even a Rockets fan? No, I'm not. I'm not. I just. All right, so yeah, Armani Brooks was like there to be like uh like a Gerald Green, like a like a microwave shooter. Just he shot the ball. He was strictly like a two guard. Very rarely had the ball in his hands, but. Yeah. Having Bones Highland, I feel like he kind of usurps and eclipses a lot of Armani Brooks' role. Now, Armani Brooks is a restricted free agent, so the Rockets are not guaranteed to have him on the team next year. So, I mean, they will have a chance to match the offer sheet if he signs elsewhere, but I do think that there is a reason to believe, and I don't have any sources or anything like that, but I do think that there is reason to believe that Armani Brooks uh, will be coming back to the Rockets. You know, he's from Houston, has a lot of connections to the University of where, Mike? He went to Houston. Uh, yeah, final four. He went to Houston. Uh, represented team of the University of Houston. Also won the American Athletic Conference uh, tournament. Yeah. Uh, okay, and- well, I, I told you, you know what? No, I'm, I'm kicking you off the stage for that. You can come back up in two seconds. No, this is a, <laughs> this is a gag between Mike and I because uh-huh. uh, – because uh, he's the University of Houston alum, so uh, yeah. So I he went to the him, University of Houston. I told him yeah. two episodes ago if he said that that they won the American, that I'd kick him off. So I just did that. Oh, uh, but welcome <laughs> back to the show, Mike. Hey, um, thank you so much. <laughs> but yeah, Bones Highland uh, is someone that I really like. Um, I'm glad that you brought him up, uh, and yeah, I, I am glad that you mentioned Emmanuel quickly because Emmanuel quickly is also one of my favorite rookies from this past year, and yeah. I think that he has a real bright future. I know the Knicks are also looking for guards uh, because he's not necessarily like that, you know, guard, yeah. like like fully fledged point guard. He can be more of like a two guard. So that also kind of makes sense with Bones Highland with the Rocket situation, whereas he can't really be the number one. Like he needs to play a guard next to him. That's why the Knicks went out and they got uh, Derrick Rose during the season. So he's going to need a guard next to him, which the Rockets should be able to fulfill because they have uh Kevin Porter they have John Wall they have DJ Augustine so there are guys that could fit next to Bones but I do think that him and Armani Brooks it's not going to be very long until one of those guys takes the you know takes yeah the, um, what I would say and then the other guy is eventually let go and moves on elsewhere yeah what I would say is um the position you guys are in I wouldn't really be worrying about Armani Brooks I mean I would you could resign him but Unless you think he's going to be like this great player, I don't know if he really should even be like a, a reason. You should even think about it when you're drafting a player. Armani Brooks, I think, had like more threes in the first seven games of his career than anyone in NBA history. So that is, I think, a big reason why we're high on Armani Brooks. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that he is, um, I, I hate to say it, but I do think that there are guys that could be just like him and maybe even a little bit better. There you shut your mouth, Jeremy. Uh, I, I, if, if Mike was, if Mike had the host gig, he'd kick me off the stage for saying. Oh that. gosh. So, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see whether they choose to go for a guy like Bones Highland or a guy like Jaden Springer that also. I like Jaden Springer really a lot well. 
Um, Miles McBride, uh, Deuce McBride is also a really yeah. strong three-point shooter that they could go for. But I'm curious to see how they f- – I think if they take one of those guys, it says a lot about how they feel about their about Armani Brooks and about other three-point shooters on the team because the Rockets were the worst three-point shooting team for most of the season. I guess Jason uh, fell off stage there. And Dee's mentioning in the chat Quentin Grimes as well. The Where did he go, Mike? Uh, he went to the University of Houston as well. Well, wow, yeah. University of Houston's really uh, pumping out the uh, NBA talent here recently. They, they are. They certainly are. Uh, Jason, wait, wait, I missed that because uh, I had a phone call. Was that are you guys talking about Quentin Grimes? Yeah, well, we were mentioning Quentin Grimes because yeah. uh, he's going to be for Houston. Yeah, he's going to be Houston. We're going to talk more about Quentin Grimes in our next episode. But yeah, because he's more of a wing. We're about to wrap up here, so if you have any final thoughts before we sign off. No, all I was just saying is this is a very, very, very good draft. There's a lot of players I like in this draft. So you guys should get good players if you draft well. And that's exactly why it's good to have two picks, you know, Three. right in that middle. And the Knicks yeah. are in a very similar boat. They have 19 and 21. Yeah, I'm a Knicks so fan, too. So, yeah. There could, be, there could be a trade there maybe if the Rockets – like the Rockets and the Knicks yeah. are going to be probably fighting for a lot of the same players possibly. So there could be a chance the Rockets try to trade up. Yeah, you guys would have to pass us if you like anyone. Exactly. So, yeah. so I don't think they're going to end up trading up. We we did discuss a little bit about trading up earlier in the show, but I think it's going to be a good position either way, whatever shakes out for both the Knicks and the Rockets. So, uh, yeah. Jason, thank you so much for coming on, no uh, talking, talking a little bit with us, and uh, hope to see you soon. All right. And I think that's a good place to park the rocket ship for now. Thank you to Shane. Thank you to Jason for coming up on stage and speaking to us. And thank you to my co-pilot, Mr. Michael Brown. You can follow him on Twitter at BSWpodcast underscore MB. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E-N-E-R. And you can also follow The Dream Take on Twitter at The Dream Take. Be sure to also follow The Dream Shake on Twitter at DreamShakeSBN and head to our website, thedreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. We'll be back later in the week, probably Wednesday or Thursday. Wednesday is not a game uh, where the finals are going on, so maybe Wednesday. We'll have to talk a little bit more about that uh, behind the scenes, but we'll be back later this week, talk more about wings, talk more about Quentin Grimes. I'm sure Mike will be very excited about that. And then later next week, we'll talk more about the bigs in the draft, JT Thor, Isaiah Jackson, those guys that, that pique our interest as well. And then hopefully sometime later next week, we'll, uh, I'm working on getting a group of guys that I've met here on Spotify Green Room that I've met through SB Nation. And we're going to try to get a 30-man NBA one-round mock. And I'm really excited about that. It's still in the works. Still don't have everybody uh, that is fully in there, but I do think that it could be extremely successful and a, a really awesome project to be part of. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, we're hoping to do two of them. I think the plan is to do uh, one round for now, and then closer to the draft, we'll hopefully do a two round. Uh, but we're really excited about all that's going on this month with the Dream Shake, and we'd like to thank all of our listeners that listen to us live here tonight on Spotify Green Room, and for those that continue to support us throughout. So for that, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. And until next time, go Rockets!